G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. In order to fulfill your call in life, it is incredibly important to stay on track. We're going to learn more about this in 2 Corinthians. For our series is entitled Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. This theme of staying on track is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 to 18. And what we have is the apostles here defending their ministry against a handful of critics found in the Corinthian church. Defending, explaining, vindicating. And Paul, the apostle, who takes very much seriously Christ's command to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, he took that call from his native Tarsus and Jerusalem where he grew up, to much of Asia Minor, into Greece, and eventually to Rome, and perhaps even to Spain itself. He will go as far as he humanly can within the time God had given him in a natural life. He goes on to say that he will not be overstretched, going into territory that other apostles are laboring in. In other words, he's not into sheep stealing. He came to Achaia, southern Greece, where Corinth is located. It was virgin territory, and there he gave the gospel, and a viable church in Corinth was established. Then he goes on to tell us some interesting things. Verse 15, he says, Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. Do you know what Paul is actually saying here in 2 Corinthians 10, 15? He is saying, as the Corinthians grow in faith, then he will be released to go to other places where Christ is not known. In other words, as the children grow up, the parents can hand the children the family business. Not only is Paul then released to go to other places to give the gospel, but listen to this. Their maturity means they will also be in a position to share the gospel with others. That the mature Corinthians will be the hands and feet of the apostle extended. And because of that, God's kingdom will grow exponentially. I also want to share with you from verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 16 says, To preach the gospel in regions beyond and not to boast in another man's fear of accomplishment. So this would give the apostle great joy to go to new places. He could go to Sparta in the south of Greece. He could go on to Italy, which eventually he does anyway. We know that in the book of Acts because the book of Acts 
ends with Paul being in Rome. He also expressed a desire to go to Spain. Now, I haven't confirmed this independently, but we're told by some of the church fathers that Paul did actually make it to Spain, which of course is the opposite end to the Mediterranean basin to Jerusalem. In other words, he'd gone from one side of the Mediterranean world to the other, which was much, though not all, of the known world. Although it's interesting, he doesn't mention North Africa as one of the places to go. Others did go, like Mark, author of the Gospel of Mark, actually went into Africa. Paul is an ethical apostle. He's not going to labor where somebody else is also laboring. He's not going to sheep steal. And there were various spheres of influence he believed that God assigned to apostles, like he was assigned the Gentiles, which is a pretty big one. And then finally, he tells us this thing that, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. If you're going to boast in anything, friends, then boast in how great our God is, the great things he is doing, boast of the great work that God is doing through others particularly people under your ministry. You don't have to commend your ministry. God will do that for you. All right, we're going to read now the whole gamut of verses, 2 Corinthians 10, 13 to 18. Our lesson is entitled, Staying on Track. 2 Corinthians 10, 13 to 18. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. For we are not overextending ourselves, as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you, in our sphere, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 to 18. Again, our lesson is entitled, Staying on Track. As I shared in the previous lesson, it is vitally important that as Hebrews 12 verse 2 tells us, that we run the race with patience. The running race is an excellent metaphor because every runner has their own track. They should not stray off their track into the track of another. That would be, how should you say, violating the rules and causing conflict. Nor should they be obsessed, even if they're on their own track, of what the runner is doing on the left hand or the right hand. When you are trying to win a race, you need to be like Mary of Bethany, single-minded, not like her sister Martha, who was careful and troubled about many things. Be single-minded, focus on your race, not on somebody else's, and keep your eyes on the prize. Run to win. Comparison is carnal. Comparison is a mark of immaturity. Quit comparing yourself with somebody else when God never called you to have the giftings of somebody else. God gave you your own giftings. Excel in them. Quit trying to, as it were, focus on your weaknesses because, well, friends, they are weaknesses. Focus on what God has called you to do. Focus on the strengths and gifts God has given you. Stay on your own track. Run 
to win. I believe this is incredibly important to emphasize because so many people, even though they're used of God, gifted of God, fruitful in God, they're down in the dumps because they can't look like or be like somebody else whom they're admiring or comparing themselves to. Forget it. Be grateful for who you are in God. In fact, I learned this while I was still a teenager. Thank God for how he made you. Thank God for your height, your depth, your ethnic background, your parents, your grandparents. All of these were God's choice. God doesn't make mistakes. And even though there may be problems in those areas, we give thanks to God in everything. If you want to fast track your growth in the Lord, give thanks in everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be a person of praise, not of whinging and complaining. Very important. The sooner you learn this and practice it, the better off you be. The sooner you retire from complaining and bellyaching and being hard done by and trying to cast the victim card onto the table. And the sooner you start running the race, thanking God, praising God, being grateful for how he's made you. He didn't make a mistake. When he made you as you are, gave you the giftings, gave you the call, and put you on your track. Just stay on track, friend. You'll have no regrets. So the first verse, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. Staying on course. So we're not going to boast, nor are we going to take action outside the parameters God has set for us. Those boundaries include Corinth, as well as Asia Minor, Macedonia, and beyond. Because after all, the Apostle Paul took the injunction of Matthew 28, 19 to heart, which says, go and teach all nations. Not only did Paul take the Great Commission to heart, so should we. It's the only homework assignment God ever gave to the church and there is no plan B. Every believer in Christ, whether in pulpit or pew, has a vital role to play in the Great Commission. All of us, pulpit and pew, have been called to the ministry. Make no mistake about it. While there may be a tone of defensiveness in these verses, it is understandable when one considers how high maintenance the Corinthian rebels were, as well as how ungrateful for the life-giving ministry of Paul, especially through the gospel. In this sense, the scripture as God's word to humanity gives a very personal and emotional touch because the scripture in one sense is the interface of God's plan for man and the interface of God moving holy men to write his word for all time. In verse 14, it talks about not being overstretched there in 2 Corinthians 10. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. What is Paul saying? We have not exceeded our mandate or strayed into somebody else's territory. We came to Achaia, which is the southern part of Greece where Corinth is located. We came to Achaia by God's will, by God's divine appointment. The K.I. for the gospel is virgin territory. And there, to the glory of God, the gospel took root in Corinth. In essence, we came to Corinth first, and by implication, it is the rebels and their false leader who are the unethical intruders into this church. They saw that God was moving, people were getting saved, the crowd was joining, and you know what? Every ambitious person loves a crowd, be it a politician or, in this case, false brethren. 
They saw the crowd, they wanted to get in on the act, and then they wanted to adversely influence this crowd against their spiritual father, who is Paul. 2 Corinthians 10, 15. It says, Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. I spoke about this earlier, but it deserves elaboration. We shall be enlarged by you. It's like a parent telling children, especially when the children marry, we shall be enlarged by you, or our family shall be enlarged by you. And of course, that's what happens. A couple comes together in marriage. They start a family. They have several children. Several children get married, and they have children. And then those children will marry, and they will have children. What happens? The two people that initially got married have now become a big family. Let's look at Jacob. Of course, he didn't just marry one. He married two, not to be advised. In fact, it's now forbidden in the New Testament to marry more than one spouse. But he marries. He has children. They become the tribes of Israel. The tribes of Israel become a great nation. There is an enlargement. Just as it was for Jacob and his family, so it is for Paul and the spiritual family, born again, baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit. We shall be enlarged by you. We have not encroached on anyone's turf. We have not interfered with anybody else's ministry. We have not taken sheep from anybody else. Instead, we have pioneered the work in Achaia by the will of God. And because of this, we have great hope in you, O church at Corinth. Because remember this, as you grow in faith and take on the responsibilities of the church, by essence, you are releasing us so we can go to other places where Jesus Christ is not yet known. In addition, your ministry will be in light of your maturity. As you mature, you will minister. You will also be able to share the gospel to others as we have shared with you. You will be our hands and our feet extended, and therefore the kingdom of God will grow beyond measure. That brings glory and benefit to everyone. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 16. To preach the gospel in regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishments. They want, they are to be, how should you say, enlarged by the Apostle Paul and by the work of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul not only bursts them into the gospel, he trains them, he helps them to have root, and as the roots grow down deeply, the branches go wide, they're bearing fruit for God, so Paul is enlarged by them. And then he says, it will give us great joy to be released from Corinth and to go to other places where Christ is not yet known. There was examples like in Moria. Moria is in the south, and Sparta is there. Paul also had a desire to go to Italy. Remember in the book of Acts, even though he would have been exonerated from imprisonment at Caesarea, he appealed to Caesar. And by appealing to Caesar as a Roman citizen that Paul was, he basically got a free one-way ticket to Rome. And that's, of course, where the book of Acts will end. He's under house arrest, witnessing and preaching to anyone who comes to him. He wanted to go to Spain as well, and we think he might have made it there. Paul was, as I said, ethical, and he refused to labor where other apostles were laboring. Perhaps he thought 
that God had assigned various apostles spheres of influence, and he was determined to stay within his call, within his area, without encroachment. The apostles sowed and planted, while ministers and deacons watered and weeded what I call the gospel garden. Now, I'll quickly say an opinion of mine, that while Paul, for the most part, stayed within his call, when he very stubbornly insisted in the book of Acts to go to Jerusalem, and he was warned not to go, it's very interesting that the last seven chapters of the 28 chapters of Acts hardly mention the Holy Spirit. In fact, he's only mentioned once in the last quarter of the book of Acts, whereas in the first three quarters, the Holy Spirit is mentioned repeatedly. I think there's a lesson for us. Not that the Holy Spirit departed from Paul, but let's partner with the Holy Spirit. Let's go where he tells us to go and let us do what he tells us to do. Then, verse 17, it says, But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Paul is quoting from Isaiah 65, 16, from Jeremiah 9, verse 24. Let me read that one to you. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So Paul is speaking or letting one's boast be in God and what God has done in their lives. After all, none of us can succeed in ministry without God. And if we, through our own flesh and human cleverness, thinks that we can bear fruit for God without God, remember Psalm 127, verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I think there are people out there, hopefully not many, they're doing work for God that God has not commissioned, that God is not present with. It's just their good idea, not a God idea. And the problem is, if you do it that way, you're laboring in vain. You're wasting time. You're wasting money. For lasting fruit, we have to co-labor with God. Because anything man-made will be temporal. It will fade away, even if it's done in God's name. Finally, just remember this. Not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. A person who promotes or compliments themselves will not receive commendation. The only commendation that is worthwhile is the one that comes from God alone. In John 12, verse 26, Jesus says, If any man serves me, him will my Father honor. Our lesson is entitled Staying on Track, and our lesson for life, if you stay within your call with diligence, then you will receive commendation with God and with man. Don't forget Proverbs 22, 29. Proverbs 22:29. Remember, friends, to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education. Thank you for liking our page. And also, you can go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter with articles on scripture, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's word. Holy Father, teach us to quit comparing, to stay on track, to run to win, and to gain the prize. Help us to remember that commendation from you is worth more than all the commendation this world can hand out. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.